Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, we bring on Nick and Jesse Ferris, who are uh, Cultivate Connection facilitators. Jesse is also part of the ETC staff team. Um, and we're going to talk about being present. And uh, just a great conversation with Nick and Jesse. And uh, Becca McKay is also with us to talk about um uh, this connecting practice in, in a lot more detail. And so uh, this being one that is particularly difficult for me, you probably will not hear a whole lot of my opinions on this one. Um, but Nick and Jesse, we do feel are um, two of the best we know at practicing this and, and have worked really hard at it. And so we wanted them to come on and just share their experiences and their um, viewpoints, particularly on this connecting practice. And so without any further ado, here now is Becca McKay, Jesse and Nick Ferris and myself. All right, so we're welcoming on J Nick and Jesse, not Jake and Nessie, Nick and Jesse, Ferris and uh, Becca is with us as well. And so um, we're going to talk about um, being present and obviously, you know, you guys talk really highly of yourselves being present all the time and, and how good you guys are at it. And so we figured we'd give you a platform to talk more about it <laughs> together on the podcast. Just kidding. So we wanted to have them on because um, in all seriousness, Nick and Jesse do a ton of um, training, teaching, um, all of that. They're also neighbors of ours. And, and I'll just tell you from personal experience, they're just, they, they're really good at this. And so they'll tell you in a second, whether or not this was a learned behavior, or they're just innately great at it. <laughs> but um, we wanted to have them on today to talk about the ins and outs of being present as it is a wildly important facet of uh, parenting, especially parenting in any kind of connected way. And so um, Nick and Jesse, we'll get to y'all in just a second. Becca, before we jump into this, do you want to kind of share or frame um, this connecting practice as, as we have it written out? Absolutely. Um, as always, we've got our three core components for being present. So we want to be physically present, emotionally present, and then we want to be attuned. Um, and there's a lot we could get into with each one of those. But what we want to highlight about physical presence is that it's not enough just to be in the room, but we actually have to give our kids our attention. So, I mean, I think all of us could raise our hand, like our phone gets a lot of our attention a lot of the time or the TV or technology or the book that we're reading or the phone call that we're on. And so when we're physically present, it's when we give our kids distraction free time and we don't want to, you know, uh, set ourselves up for failure. Nobody can give their 100% presence 100% of the time, but just finding those little moments and then emotional presence is really, really connected to our ability to sit with each other's emotions, hard ones and happy ones, and being able to be with somebody. And then being attuned is really being able to see what the kid in front of us needs and being able to do our best to meet those needs. So those are our three core components as we kind of unpack this connecting practice today. Okay. So Nick and Jesse, why don't y'all just kind of give us a uh... Um, backstory. I mean, Jesse, people obviously have heard you on the podcast before because you are on staff at ETC, but um, Nick, this is your debut performance here, which is great. And so um, why don't y'all just explain maybe kind of what introduced you to ETC and how you came to be facilitators and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. And thanks for having me today. Um, JD. Yeah. And Becca. And I guess Jesse as well, <laughs> my wife, my wonderful <laughs> wife. Um, yeah, so we uh, we started when we started thinking about how we were um, going to start our family. Um, we we started 
almost immediately talking about uh, adoption as a, a way that we would grow our family. And so we uh, we're both just kind of naturally um, preparers. So like, I think I'm thinking about the, I'm thinking about the time that we were going to buy our first car and we went to the library and asked for like the last 10 years of consumer reports. And the, the lady just wheeled out like 20 pounds of uh, hard copy consumer reports, uh, but we went wow. through all of them. Okay. And I felt like we made a good decision there. Uh, so we, we do, we are kind of naturally inclined um, in, in that direction in the same way. So it, w- when we were thinking about starting a, you know, a family through adoption, um, we wanted to, you know, research it and, and prepare for it and, and try and, you know, approach that responsibly. So um, we pretty quickly, as we started, you know, reading books, um, you know, began to kind of find this world that was out there and, and began looking in our local community. And that's, uh, that's when we met Mo and Tana. Um, and so we had a pretty early exposure um, and starting our family, um, maybe even before our first child came home, um, that we had had been uh, connected with uh, ETC um, probably almost a decade ago now. Um, and then we got trained to teach ETC maybe seven or eight years ago, and we've been eight, nine years. Uh, Jesse's motioning for me to say nine years. <laughs> Um, so we've been teaching that locally for a while, and then now uh, we primarily serve uh, together um, as facilitator trainers with the new Cultivate Connection material. Jess, anything to like clean up or add to that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would just add. I would just add. Um, I think it has been such a wonderful thing for our marriage. I mean, maybe some of you are listening, and maybe it's just the dad that listens to this podcast, or just the mom, and the other one of you, or you know, maybe you guys don't have friends that, that know about this way of parenting and know, know about these connecting practices. Um, it is so great to be on the same page with Nick. And, and that is what facilitator training did for us back in the day. Um, as he said, almost a decade ago. So I'm just really thankful for, um, you know, you can read a book and maybe you can both read a book, but to go through a course together and yeah. get on the same page and both talk through what it means to you But to get on the same page, take a take a course together and talk about what it means to you and process that together. That made all the difference for us in our parenting. Um, So I was really thankful all those years ago that we were able to interact in that way and then teaching the class over and over. Obviously, facilitating that course uh, gives us the refresher year (laughs) after year. So we're thankful. Yeah, I I mean, I'd second that like parenting on the same page. First of all, parenting period is hard enough, but parenting when you're not on the same page is kind of a death wish. And so um, I would second that it it is very, very helpful to go through it together. And when you're learning together as well, like, and you're not, you know, it's not one person dragging the other person along, you know, I I think it's a, it's a a huge blessing. I agree. It's like one person's not the expert. You're both on equal footing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's, I'd say there's no, there's no dragging, but there's accountability, right? So like (laughs) as, as you're practicing, yeah, not in a judgmental way, but just as, as we're practicing, like we have that common language to be like, oh man, 
Um, you know, I, I messed up in that moment and to have like a dialogue right. partner to, you know, of course, if we're, if we're going to prepare heavily, then we're going to review heavily. So like, all right, like, let's go back. Like, you know, we're in the video room every night. Um, plays for the day with the kids. Like, all right. You know, I could have, I could have used this connecting practice here. So like next time when that happens, I'm going to be uh, yeah. doing film study. Um, yeah. Well, so let's talk about, I mean, specifically when it comes to being present, um, do y'all have like a favorite aspect of this or a reason this is significant to you two? Like um, what is it about being present that it, that, that you feel like, why does it matter specifically for y'all or, or for your family? Um, I do. And it, it's kind of a cheat though, because um, this really connects with like my personality. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, it's real easy for me to connect with it. I'm naturally an introvert mm-hmm. and I do have a strong inclination towards like contemplative practices. I'm very interested in that. And yeah. so like for, for me, the cool thing about this connecting practice is that when, when we are teaching parents about how to be present for their children, I think the first step for that is always teaching ourselves how to be present to ourselves. Um, because I don't think you can be present for your child if you don't know how to be present for yourself. And since I, I tend to be kind of, I mean, there is a part of that where like, I'm fairly egocentric. So it's like, I'm doing this because this is good for me. (laughs) Um, but then to understand like my natural inclination towards, um, solitude, silence, and stillness, like those are, those are things that are refreshing for me, but those are also things that can bring refreshment to my connection with my family. And including with my kids. And so it's really nice to um, have that practice that connects to myself, but then also allows me to connect to other people. Yeah, that's really good. Jesse. Don't don't you think too, Nick, that probably trains you, like you're saying, it's training your brain to focus, to be present in the moment with the people in your life. Maybe you literally just said that. Yes. That's why you're saying that. For sure. So I, and I'll, you know, I'll say those, like those three things are kind of what I go back to the silence the solitude and the stillness. Um, mm. I've, this is not um, this is not coming from me that I'm repeating what someone else has said, and probably many people have said this. But silence teaches us how to speak. Stillness teaches us how to move, and solitude teaches us how to be with. So, mm. and, and so in in those are basically you know the opposites of each other. But when we're silent, then like that attunement to ourselves allows us to be attuned to our children and yeah. our. Um, our solitude then allows us to be physically present with our kids. And that silence allows us to be emotionally present to understand um, what we're feeling and to communicate with that voice, but then also to connect with what our children are feeling and to help them communicate it as well. So it's just kind of a natural flow, I think, from the way that we, um, as we can learn how to be present for ourselves, however that looks to then that's really also kind of modeling it for our kids um, that we can, um, you know, co-regulate with them and uh, be present with them, whatever they're doing or feeling or thinking. I mean, that maybe that's it. Maybe that's the whole episode right there. Like, right, I just yeah. thought that's great. That's I do great. think you're right, JD, in that um, I do think probably Nick and I have a bent toward that. Although I don't know, Nick, maybe you would say you're in terms of showing people care and, and your love for them, you're, you tend to do more um, acts of service for them versus, but Mm. quality time is kind of big with both of us. And I would say that is a huge thing with me. I just love quality time with people. And 
um, if you've ever explored those five love languages, like it's not just the time, like Becca was saying, it's not just the body in the room with me. I want someone to pay attention to me. And I know what that means to me when someone, when I feel someone doing that. Yeah. And so I, I don't always do it well, but I think I would love to be the person that you just feel like you're the most important person in the room when I'm with you. Mm. Um, and part of that too, is I'm super present minded, just my brain and my orientation are that way. So that like, I'm not great with time management. Nick laugh. As I say this, you're, like you're just optimistic. If I go spend time with friends, if I go spend time with anyone, Nick is like, see you never, <laughs> like I will be back whenever hours and hours later. And I don't, I'm not aware of the time. So yeah. I probably have more trouble reining myself in from, yeah. you know, remembering my other obligations. <laughs> That's, I mean, I can relate to that a hundred percent. Um, yeah, let's, why, why don't we kind of start here? Becca, I mean, first I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well. What, what comes to mind when you hear those things and you're, you're hearing Nick and Jesse's answers and then what, how, what specifically for you, how does being present factor in? I think presence is just so powerful. Like it sounds so simple, but it is so, so powerful. So as I'm listening to like Nick and Jesse describe their experience with it, it's like, we can never get more time. And so all that we can do is to be present with the time that we're given. And so I'm just like a little bit like I didn't expect it to hit me. I'm like feeling a little bit emotional because I'm thinking about, I lost my mom really suddenly and I'm thinking about those moments, but I'm also thinking about when I worked in a school, we had a lot of crisis situations and that really teaches you to put everything else to the side. Like while this kid is upset, I can't think about anything else. I can't think about the emails or the what's for dinner. Like I have this kid in front of me and until they're calm, this is where I am. And so it's different. Like I think translating that moment, like of, of being with a kid in crisis, translating that locked in presence to other areas of my life has been a really helpful thing. Um, I know I'm not alone of like the juggle is real. Like there's so much to juggle all the time. There's deadlines, there's people, there's friendships. And so I think it's really powerful when you're able, like with the time that you have to be where you are. Um, And so I just think it's, man, it's beautiful. It's really, really simple, but it's just a beautiful thing to be able to do. And the moments that you have become just richer and deeper and more meaningful when you're able to do it. And nobody can be present all the time, but I think even focusing, you know, yesterday, uh, my husband is, is really into his like fitness journey and his little brother came over and they were going to work out together for the first time. And I was trying to finish up. We teach our facilitator training on Tuesday nights online. So I was trying to make dinner and get ready for that and transition. But I took three seconds. I took three seconds to look at my brother-in-law and be like, Hey man, how are you? Like, how's your summer going? And just like that little brief moment, I could have missed it. Like I easily could have missed that moment. And it was just a brief moment, but it meant a lot. Well, I, I think that's a good segue to, to talk about this. Like, you know, Becky, you mentioned that like it was three seconds. So it's it was a short interaction, but we don't have to have time. So I think one misconception with this um, practice in particular is, look, I would love to do nothing but just sit with our kids all day long. And, but I can't do that. Somebody's got to bring home the bacon, you know, like somebody's got to work. So I think there is this misconception that like being present means that you are, you are no longer allocating time to anything else except for this, or that it it is like some massive 
time commitment that that necessitates you, you know, sitting down for hours on end. And uh, and look, sometimes these things do require being present does require way longer of a time commitment than you were planning on. But why don't we talk about some of the misconceptions um, or mistakes or missteps, whatever that we see with being being present. So, you know, I, I just to piggyback on that, JD and, and, and what Becca said, you know, I, I think sometimes, and, you know, I, I may have even had this with what I was saying earlier, like when we think about like being present, we think about, um, you know, like becoming a monk, you right. Know? And yeah. like, I've, I've got, I've got to go and do like a seven day fast and, re- and, and retreat. And, um, you know, I've got to give up my, uh, I've got to give up all technology for a month, you know, to, right. like we, like we see, we see present as like this massive hurdle because we, we feel this pressure to be present all of the time. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that that can be a trap for us. Right. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, it's, there's always going to be an opportunity in the present to be present, mm-hmm. but there's also in, in general, you know, going to be another present opportunity. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. not like if you miss one, then, you know, game over. Right. Like, like really, I mean, I guess that's, you know, that's <laughs> part of, part of being present is understanding that it's like always happening. Yeah. Not to get to, are we getting too deep or is that like, <laughs> I mean, let's get into like, what is the present? How do we experience it? You know, but you know, like yeah. there's just, to me, I think being present is just lots of little opportunities. Yeah, um, yeah. And and part of you know going back to what I was saying, like part of being present for ourselves is giving our, us the grace for when we don't do it right, when we don't get it right, when we miss an opportunity. You know, just to be like, okay, well, all right, well, right. Here comes the present again, and all right, another chance. Yeah, yeah, Jesse. I'm thinking of a couple. The first being, um, I I think people see being present as a skill that is others focused. And I think going back to what Nick mm-hmm. led with, um, I really am not able to be present unless I've actually filled myself up first. If I've, huh. if I have the reserves to do that, you know, yeah. if you think about your own stress capacity and like just what you have the ability to do that day. So an example is I knew I was doing this podcast and I have done a terrible job of being present with my children today, but you know, I didn't sleep great last night. Like I, I went to bed late and so I didn't get as much sleep as I normally do. And my morning routine was a little off and sometimes we have those days, you know, so I've been a little snippy and I, you know, for whatever reason, I was thinking about it, um, as we were preparing to do this, because I thought, that, I mean, that is such a misconception of being present is that we just pour ourselves out for others, Right. but you really have to start with something. And, um, I find that my best days of being present are when actually I've kind of, I'm kind of coming with a reserve and I have something to give. Um, and those are the moments that are my favorite. I think the other misconception that I'm thinking about is, kind of what I've mentioned before and Becca mentioned is that, um, I was there, you know, I was there, I'm right here. Right. But there's a difference between being right here and paying attention and kids Mm. can tell the difference. I mean, you and Mm. I can tell the difference, you know, when someone is truly attuning to you. Right. And I really love, um, the example that we give with attunement of it being like a radio station and scrolling through, you know, these kids these days, they don't even know what the radio is, but back in the day, you know, 
you know, <laughs> you would like scroll the dial or, and it would go through all the static. And then you'd finally like hone in on that radio station and it would become clear and you could hear the song that was playing that to me embodies being present is that attunement of like, you're, you've got static between you and another person all the time. This happens in our yeah. marriage. This happens in friendships. It happens with my kids, but it's really like scrolling through that static and finally figuring out like, what are you trying to say? What is yeah. happening in this moment? Um, so whether it's, you know, like a, a young child telling me a really meandering entire plot of the book they've been reading, yep. you know, up to chapter 26, yeah. That may or may not have happened to me this week. I, like, I've had the same experience. Okay, yeah. just lock in, you know? It's like, oh, it's not always pleasant for us to, yeah. to be present with someone who's not on our maturity level or not on our intellectual level, yeah. not on our emotional level. But I think the the quality of it is just knowing that other person's sensing you're yeah. with them, you're you're listening, you're tuning in. I love that. I can't, I can't help but hear whenever you're saying that, Jesse, like whenever we talk about being emotionally present in our Cultivate Connection course, we talk about not being dismissive or entangled using our attachment language. Yeah. So I think a common misconception is to like swing on that pendulum a little bit. So, okay, my kid is excited or upset. What am I supposed to do? What does be emotionally present mean? Well, it doesn't mean fix their emotion. You're too excited or you're too upset or you're not excited enough, or you should be frustrated at yourself because of XYZ. Like it's not trying to make their emotion change. And it's also not letting their emotion totally like envelop us and like overwhelm us. And so it sounds so abstract, but it's really, truly just like being with them, being present to their emotion while staying regulated ourselves. So I think a common misconception is like, well, you guys want us to be emotionally present. So I guess I'm just going to have to validate every, you know, well, I guess if they're mad, then we're all mad together. And like, that's not what it means. But I think that can sometimes feel like what you're supposed to do. So it's, it's an abstract concept to kind of, to kind of take hold of at first. And it takes practicing and figuring out and figuring out in your different relationships, what it looks like practically. And I'd say, if you're like me, I I have to verbalize what I, what I would like to do, but I can't. So what I have said to my family members are, oh, that is that I, I can sense how frustrated you are. I really wish I could fix that, but instead I'm just here for your frustration. I'm, I'm just listening. Yeah. You said that to me in like a friendship conversation <laughs> and I it a bit because it was like, no, I was really, really upset about something. And Jesse was like, Becca, I really wish I could fix that, but I'm not going to try. <laughs> and it was like, that's what I needed to hear. Like I needed to hear that. Like it's, it's really that yeah. it was that, like, I don't know the right word concrete. Like you said it that concretely. And it was like, okay, you're right. You can't fix it. <laughs> But I don't need you to. I yeah, just need so to what I'd love to do is say a joke and make you laugh and move along. But it's, you know, I think at least verbalizing what I'd love. Or if you lean the other way, you could be like, boy, I really, this is reminding me of sometimes when I have felt that way. And so instead of making it about you, then you can provide that empathy of like, I have felt that. Yeah. Why don't you tell me more about your experience? What's the worst part for you? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just, I think these are all great examples and like we could even simplify it a little bit, you know, like sometimes it is like being present for 
big emotions. And sometimes it's being present for, you know, little emotions and little things like Jesse was talking about, like, you know, a child telling you about the the first 26 chapters of the book that they're reading. Like, yeah. you know, there's like no major emotional stakes there. Right. Um, and, and, and I think the same principle applies where like what, what we want is to connect with our kids and for them to know that we care about them. Mm-hmm. And it may be useful for us for parents to remind themselves that you can care about your child deeply and you, but you don't have to care about everything they care about. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah. whatever happened in the latest episode of, I, I mean, high school musical, the musical, yeah, the you, series, you can, the fill, reunion. you can fill in the yes. blank for the thing that you're like, I hope I never have to hear this show and playing in my house ever again. Right. Like, we've all got that right. thing. It's like, Oh, I don't have to care about that. I can still connect with my child when they're like freaking That's out right. because you know, Joey and Jane, that's how old I am. I, those are great names. Joey and Jane broke up, you know, and the TV show that they're watching, like, I, I don't care about that. I never right. will, but I care about you. Like, oh man, how did this crazy thing happen? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be a huge, it doesn't have to be a huge investment in time. We don't need to have right. an hour long conversation, you know, sitting on the pier, watching the sunset at the lake. And like, you're going to remember this for the rest of our lives. When we talked about when Jane and who I don't even remember Taylor the name Swift I said. and her boyfriend Taylor Brooke. Swift. Oh, no. yeah. oh, did they? Well, hold on. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about on the socials. Come on. Well, I, I mean, I have a twelve-year-old daughter who will tell me everything I never wanted to know about Taylor, um, and I love her, so I listen. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's. I think that's right. Like, and I think there's obviously like a there's that line that that you're getting to like about not like we don't have to care about it, but we don't have to like overly communicate that to them. Right. Like, Oh my God, I don't need to know about Taylor Swift anymore, but tell me, cause I want to listen. <laughs> like that doesn't yeah. communicate that. Right. Like that being present would be like, no, I, I haven't heard about this. Tell me all, you know, tell me what you want me to know, like that yeah. kind of stuff. So, but, but being present can also be like after five minutes of that being like, I can, I can tell we could talk about this for a long time. I would, <laughs> I, I, I would love in a loving, do you know what I mean? Like in a loving yes, way, like you figure totally. out how to change the conversation, like, yeah. like yeah. being present and connection doesn't have to cost you everything. Yeah. The cost is high. Yes. Um, but like, that's part of being present for ourselves is to be like, okay, Today I had capacity for five minutes of Taylor Swift content and we yeah. have reached it. Now it is time for me to connect with you about something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jesse. Yeah. Sorry. We're talking to me about Taylor I've already, Swift. I've, I've met my quota. <laughs> um, so, I mean, speaking of long stories and kids being around all the time, it's summer. Um, how, how do y'all see these practices being used in your home this summer? So like, not necessarily theoretically, but just like, are there some ways that are, that are non-specific child identifying that y'all feel like you could use, um, that you'll use this summer? I can brag on Nick while you're thinking. Please do. Let's hear it. Um, Nick is reading a young adult series. This series is thousands of pages long for each book. I mean, how long is each book? Uh, The the books, I think all the books so far have been like six or 700 pages. Okay. It's a giant book. And we have someone in our house who has just flown through them and is very into, now this is not even the person that was telling us about uh, their first 26 chapters, but you know, it's a passion for this family member and Nick in an, in an attempt to connect with this family member was like, I'm going to read these and we're going to talk about them. That's awesome. And the family member has just flipped out that somebody else would read these books. 
It's adorable. Anytime I finish a book, I'll just, I'll leave, I'll leave the book that I'm reading like on, on her desk in her room. And Mm -hmm. like within, I don't know, 30 seconds, she has brought me the next one. She's like, like she keep going. She's like, what, what, tell me what happened. How many, Processing everything. How many are there? It's the series is not even done. It's not. I know there's going to, I think the 10th book is going to be the last. I start, I started, I started last month. I started last month. I'm currently on book five. Oh my gosh. I'm just tearing through it. So he's using a, a, like a strength he has. That's what, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's a, that's a great example because, because like for being present for my kids, like one of the things I've tried really hard to find are common interests um, that make it easier for us to be present. I love to read. And she found a book series that she loved to read. So I was like, okay, like I'm like, I'm not going to be able to connect over Taylor Swift. Right. You know, right. right, right. But I love to read like, oh, you like reading? Okay. Like, sure. I'll, I'll read this. And so like finding a common interest or like, uh, um, you know, there's a card game uh, with, with our other daughter that she really likes to play. And yeah. so like, she, like just to have like a few quick, uh, like quick and ready ends where it's like this, this is not, this is going to be painless connection yeah. and it's going to be fun for us. Yeah. You know, like I can even take the book and be like, right, I'm going to go out on the porch and, the, and read. Do you want to come with me and bring whatever book you're reading? Yeah. Um. So like we can actually like be present to each other and, and I can enjoy some peace and quiet as well. Like at the end of a long work day. So um, it's kind of overlapping into taking place seriously. So yeah. sorry for yeah. whoever is uh, addressing that connecting practice, but yeah. It's, I mean, so many of these overlap though, right? I mean, yeah, the ways that we're present yeah. with each other is through play or and is through being curious to yeah, know how to like all what you need to be present about. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's, it's funny the differences I hear that and I'm like, man, you are so much. So, I mean, I always associate people who read a lot being really intelligent. Right. And I was thinking like, oh, I like watching, you know, videos of uh, people falling down, trying skateboard tricks. On <laughs> like too. <laughs> but we, you know, I think one thing that's interesting is we found uh, this past year, like we live in Memphis, there's an NBA team here. Um, our family, you know, we scrounged together money to buy, uh, I mean, like upper, 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 upper deck uh, Grizzlies tickets. There's only two of them. And so it's like a date night for whoever, whoever goes. And at first I kind of thought, you know, this is probably too selfish because I love basketball, like non-family stuff. It's my favorite thing on earth, especially watching it live. It's like, I, I just love it. And so then our kids have all gotten obsessed with it as well. And so like, they all are clamoring all four of them to see who gets to go, which night, you know, with the, and so we'll go, we've got like, we've got a barbecue nacho stand right outside of our section. There's like, we know all the different hacks, like where to park to get in quickly. And like, you know, go to this stand when you need this thing or whatever. And they, love it. And and like their team's really good. So that makes it really fun. Also, there's a lot of wins to get to see, but like, we just get to be there and just scream our guts out and, you know, watch and enjoy it and have fun and drink, you know, drink too much Coke, whatever. Like it's, it's so, it's so fun. We wouldn't have known that had we not shared some of those experiences, right? Like I, I just was not introduced them to that very much because I thought, hey, that's selfish. I don't, I don't want to push it on them. Well, then we all started watching together at home and it was like, oh, this is great. And we get to go to a few games here or there with like, you know, friends who had tickets and it's like, they loved it. And so that it just became a thing. And so I think, you know, that they do overlap, right? Like that's kind of the curiosity of figuring out like, what are some things we can do to connect together that might be out of the, out of the ordinary. Um, all those things are, are important. Now it also is possible. And I, and I obviously we, we see this a lot in the stands to go to the, one of those games and to just disconnect completely and kind of like throw the, 
the shades up on both sides and like either dig into your phone or just pay attention to the game and not the kit. And so, you know, in all these things, it'd be possible for you guys to read those books together and for you to completely separate from the, from the child, right? Like, Oh, um, well, the books are very good. And so, no, I mean, I couldn't imagine not being totally invested in like the romantic relationships of these fictional young adults. It's all, it's all very, very important to me. It it is, it is like anything else that we talk about y'all. It is the way that we do it in our mindset as we're just right. It is not the formula of doing something right. Uh, yeah, this, the, the lesson here is not like for us to share a link to this book series and a link to Grizzly right? season tickets and say like, this is, here's how you connect. Because you would probably say included in those times of being present are the car ride there and totally. the car ride yeah. back. And like, those are money. And like, yeah. those are just money conversations yeah. because you're at rest together and yeah. you've had fun. I love that. Um, one of the ways I'm, I'm being trying to be present with my kids this summer is um, I have a little bit of work on staff here at ETC, ETC to balance with my regular life. And I, I work part-time hours with ETC. So um, I've kind of set, y'all know I love structures. So I've kind of set like a schedule where I've got a three hour chunk that I'm going to work during the day. And I have an all day work day on one of the work on the one of the weekdays, but, um, where, where they get to spend time with my mom on that day. But on the other days, I mean, they can entertain themselves. They're old enough now in eighth and fourth grade to, to entertain themselves for three hours. And then after that, I'm all theirs. And we spend that time together, whatever we're doing. So, um, that's been really good. In fact, it was interesting because we were having a conversation about it. Like at what's your preference girls, would you rather I take that time in the morning and y'all get me in the afternoon or would, you know, and of course they had opposite preferences, but one of the daughters was like, well, if you work first, then we don't have to be stressed out about when our time with you ends because we'll have you all afternoon. Smart. And I was like, Oh, that that is smart. So let's try and do that when we can. And she was right. It's nice to just kind of close that up. And then we've got that time together. And I could tell she was thinking about being present with me. She didn't want my mind yeah. thinking about, you know, okay, we got to go in 30 minutes. So yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Um, okay. Maybe now, maybe this will not come from the book, but uh, our last question, what, if you're thinking of uh, books, film, um, TV, whatever, um, what is your favorite example of being present in a movie, book, or TV show? <laughs> um, yeah, so this, uh, my example does come from a book uh, and and a movie, uh, not the young adult series that I'm currently reading, but- uh, Oh, you are reading this series? That's this true. Other series, I so. am currently reading this series with the other child uh, uh, at, at bedtime. Um, it says it comes from the Lord of the Rings. Uh, I, th- I think about, uh, specifically, I mean, you see it in, in the movie, uh, when Frodo is sitting, yeah, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm saying all of these words out loud. Just, the, yeah, Just do it. It's shout, you're the only one feeling weird about it. I shout out, out, shout out to, to everyone else out there who's with me on, the, on this one. They're in the minds of Moria. Frodo is feeling greatly discouraged and he's has this great burden of the one ring that he's carrying. And he tells Gandalf, I wish this had, I wish this ring had never come to me. So he's mm-hmm. experiencing di- great distress uh, and, and trauma. And he's, 
processing his emotions about it. And Gandalf sits down next to him and they talk about it. And Gandalf says a very empathetic thing. He says, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for us to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. It's really good. It's a good opportunity to be present. Yeah. Um, now you're going to make me seem like a, like a little wisp of a, you know, <laughs> it's like no weight to mine. Um, I was, I've been racking my brain trying to think of who I would use as an example. And you guys, I really love the movie. You've got mail. And I think about Kathleen Kelly as my example. And so if, if you're familiar with this storyline, it's kind of this feud between two owners of bookstores. One of them owns like a big box bookstore. One of them owns a local bookstore and Kathleen Kelly is the local shop owner. And she, um, she talks about, people talk about the way her mom made them feel. And, uh, she has this confrontation with Joe Fox, the big box owner and, and says, uh, people may forget me and they may forget my store, but they will never forget my mother and how she made them feel. And, uh, you are all a suit or you are only a suit. I think she mm, says, yes. um, that is what she says. Cause I've seen that movie many times and I love it. And I love to be present. Yes, with you. Yeah. It. Yeah. It is my young adult novel, <laughs> no. uh, so to speak, no, but much better. Anyways. Yeah. That just, being present is the way is the way you experience that person and the way they make you feel when you're with them. There's a now I'm, I promise there's more I think about than basketball, but there's a um, series on Netflix called Last Chance You, and it's about uh, junior colleges where a lot of times players from bigger schools uh, might get in a lot of trouble. They have to go to a junior college to try and like you know, cause they wouldn't be allowed back at a big division one college. So, or they don't have the grades into a big college. They started junior college trying to work their way up. And so the, the show is called last chance you, because it's kind of your, your last chance to make, make it big in sports is to go to this, these junior college programs and make it. So if you um, are unbothered by language of young adults who play basketball, um, you would absolutely love the basketball version of last chance you the coach um coach mosley is is uh gosh he is the best at being able to sit with the guys in some of their like deepest distress and just be present with them and just like and and to like sit there and be a, a quiet voice concern and then once it's time to kind of get back up to give some really clear really wise like now listen don't do this. I want you to do this. Like, and there's a moment of, um, you know, one of the kids, uh, on the team is, uh, raised by a single dad. That dad has, um, thinks he's having a heart attack and he's calling his son on the way to the hospital. Not sure if he's gonna make it. And so the dad, and, you know, the kids falling apart in practice and it's trying to run out and, and coach pulls him in. And he was like, you don't want to be alone right now. He's like, I'm not going to tell you what's, what to feel. Cause this is, this is the worst. I'm just going to sit with you. Just, just, you can just cry with me for a minute. If you want, you can just sit here. Um, and then when he's about to leave, he's like, listen, you don't like nobody deserves to have this information, but you and people you love. So people ask you what's going on. You can tell them to bleep off if you need to, or do whatever, but you hold this to the people that love you and can, can handle to be this, you know, be here with you anyways. Gosh, it's so good. So it's, uh, it, it's on Netflix. If you want to watch it, it's, it's awesome. Again, there's a lot of language in there cause it's, you know, college athletes, but um, Another yeah. good coach that's good at being present be Ted Lasso, I think. 
Anyways, don't you think? Yeah. 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 It's true. I think when I was thinking about this, like almost any TV show, movie, or book, you can notice either the presence of someone or their absence. Like that's definitely going to be a factor. So like, I'm thinking of like parenthood is like one of my favorite TV shows or like Gilmore girls and in different episodes and different seasons, a big theme is whether someone is present with the other person or whether they're distracted from the other person. So I think it's a one to look for as you watch your favorite shows and movies and read your favorite books. Agreed. Agreed. Well, guys, any, any last words, anything else you want to give uh, to folks who are listening before they leave just last minute encouragements about being present? I would just encourage people to take it by the moment. I mean, that's what being present is. You don't have to plan for it so much as just do it right now Mm -hmm. or just this next minute and take it by the moment. In the spirit of Ted Lasso, I would say to everyone listening, you can do this and I believe in you. Yeah. And don't keep a scoreboard in your head. I say that too. Like it's easy if you, if you're not great at it and you're trying to start, but then you start racking up moments of like, ah, dang it. I shouldn't have whatever. And that will then keep you from being present the rest of the day. So it's just have a, you know, gotta be like goldfish and have a short memory. Yeah. And you know, just keep on rolling. All right. That's enough uh, sports analogies for today. So um, guys, thank you. Well, a big thank you to Nick and Jesse Ferris, both for joining us and um, to Becca as well. And so hopefully um, you walk away as I did from this episode with just some really practical steps to take uh, into your own house this summer. And, um, and also thinking about what movie characters or TV people, you know, that are present. Um, But yeah, just a huge thank you to them. And and this is obviously um, an important practice. And so I hope you get a lot out of that one. So without any further ado, um, that's all for us today. We will be back next week with another connecting practice. And so uh, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, who's the creator of the music behind the Empower to Connect podcast, and everybody here at ETC, I'm J.D. Wilson. And we'll see you next week on the Empower to Connect podcast.